Yo, welcome to Spark. It's Tony and Colin again. How are you? And say, what's up, Tony? What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back. Today we want to. Um, we got a bunch of questions that we wanted to discuss, but um, we wanted to start off with a question. I think from Terry, right? And it says, um, "Should should you share your?" That was my watch. Sorry. Should you share your trauma? What? What are you pointing at, dude? Uh, would you share your trauma with your wife, spouse, children, your family, basically? About any domestic violence or um, anything like that. It says they lived through it but don't know the whole truth. Um, okay, yeah. So would you share your trauma with your kids or your family? Um, now they know obviously clearly you were shot. But I mean like the... PTSD and stuff like that. Would you share that with your family? I'd say, yeah. I mean, to everybody's gonna be different, but these are the people that are in your life, right? Your kids, your husband, your wife, your parents, whoever. I mean, they're gonna be probably should be part of your healing system, correct? Yeah, that's what I would think. Yeah. Um, and for people to understand. You know, why do you have bad days? Why do you sometimes get triggered at certain points? Or why do you get triggered at certain events? Or why don't you want to do certain stuff? I mean, for them to truly understand and help you and to support you, I mean, they probably have to understand why. They have to know, like, this is what I struggle with. Or this is why this happens at this time. Or, or this is why I don't want to go here at a certain time. I would think, in my opinion, would be that They'd have to understand the whole situation. I mean, like, they might know you're in an abusive relationship, but they might not know what comes with an abusive relationship and the side effects and the aftermath. Kind of like my shooting. Like, yeah, everybody knows it's a bad situation and it's not something anybody wants to be part of and they know it's, you know, almost died and all that stuff. But nobody really understands or knew the aftermath until I, you know, started... <clears throat> working on healing and going to therapy and then explaining it to them. And then that actually was able to help people support me more after the fact. Because uh, everybody knows, obviously being a domestic violence or a sexual assault or physical assaults or shootings, car crashes, any natural disasters, all that kind of stuff is obviously going to affect you in some way, people assume, but they don't know a lot of times how deeply it can hurt you. So if you want those people in your life and you want them to support you and understand you, then they need to understand what's happening. So so this one, she's asking, how specific do you get, though? I mean, that would be up to each individual person. Like, do you think it's important to, to be, to tell them about their nightmares, tell them about, um, like, for instance, the time where you basically had a flashback that lasted super long at the gym? I mean, do you come home and discuss that? I think so. I mean, like I said, if these people are there to support you and they're going to help you through everything, they need to understand what's going on because that flashback can maybe ruin a whole day, make you, you know, 
start thinking and, and thinking to yourself and get negative and kind of just want to be alone that evening. But people need to understand this because you don't want them thinking you're pushing them away and you're not letting them in your life. And I did that. You know, I'd push people away and I'd want to be alone and sit alone. But then, you know, as I started to heal, I started explaining stuff to people. And in a sense, most people understood what, why I was being the way I was at that point. So I don't think if you don't explain it all, then how do people understand it and how can people support you? Well, I think... And I don't think it's... <clears throat> go ahead. No, go ahead. I'd say the one part of that question was, you know, you can't protect other people. I don't know that... You're doing it to, you know, make people not like somebody. Because, again, that's what we talked about. I think it was last week. You can't do things to hurt whoever hurt you. you you're going to focus on healing for yourself. And some of this is going to be stuff to have people support you while you heal and help them understand. I don't think you have to – I don't think you need to protect anybody or do it to hurt that other person. So, you know, you know, this guy hurt me or this girl hurt me physically or sexually or – Whatever the case may be, you don't want to tell people just so they get mad at that person because that's, that's not helping you heal at all by somebody else hating somebody else or getting mad at somebody else. I think it's more of telling people so they can understand your situation more and help, you su- help support you more in your healing. One of her questions, she mentioned kids. I think like what if you're in a domestic situation where uh, their father or stepfather or living boyfriend or vice versa um they're the they're the reason for the trauma they're the person that's doing all this stuff you know do you have that conversation with a a young kid about that i mean obviously clearly they could see that there's abuse if you know it's to that point where it's like out in the open you know she's either getting physically abused or verbally abused or something like that kids i know from having kids they watch and hear everything do you have that conversation with them on on you know about the situation and about what you're going through or do you wait until they're an adult i'm sure there's a uh age an age that it matters i don't think we need to be an adult i think kids learn quickly um we're not talking five-year-olds or six-year-olds they might not quite understand it and I'm not a child psychologist by any means, but I think young adolescent kids understand it. Teenagers, even 10, 11, 12-year-olds, they start to see, they learn from what we do as as adults do. Like, wards are what they are. You can tell them to do things 20 times a day, but then if you're doing the opposite of what you're saying, what are they going to do? Yeah. going to do what you're, you're doing, not what you're saying. So in that case, I think you do need to explain it to them and talk to them about it and... Maybe they don't realize. They're just seeing. They're just going off of what they see. They might not at that age understand the other effects that come with that kind of abuse, the, the mental health, the PTSD, the self-harming, the all the negatives that come with that, the flashbacks. So probably a good age, a decent age would be worth telling them that so they understand that. Maybe they can learn and see that, you know, this is not the route I want to be in. This is not right to do to somebody. And maybe they'll understand it more and know not to do that later on when they get older. Well, I never really have an answer for any of these questions because, I mean, as we all know, I I don't really, I've never experienced trauma. But where I work, the career that I've been in for the last 15 years, I, I actually can answer this question. And anybody that has dealt with anything, especially domestically, 
where there's children involved, the earliest intervention you could do, it, the better. If you, um, obviously you can't talk to a five-year-old like you would talk to a 20-year-old, but that five-year-old still needs um, some sort of, uh, you have to have some sort of conversation with them. Um, You have to let them know, they, they can see with their own eyes what's going on, but you have to, I wouldn't lie to them, but I wouldn't give them the whole especially if there's like, you know, if it's graphic or if it's something super intense, obviously you don't want to tell a very young kid that, but you do need to have that conversation. Those scars, and I think that we talked about that with the family and how PTSD and depression and anxiety and all that kind of stuff affects the people around you. We're in agreement of that, whether it's friends, family, significant others, things like that. We're all in agreement that it affects all of them. As a child, though, which I see on a regular basis, it affects them, in my experience, and I think overall, in a different way than it it does everybody else. Um, They're still developing at that point. So they're learning negative things at a young age. They're they're being desensitized to a lot of stuff. Um, They imprint a lot of things that they see. And they normalize a lot of stuff. So, so what you want, you're saying is you want them to know at a young age, this is not appropriate, this is not acceptable, and this is wrong. Yes, and when you're talking to them, especially if it's about domestic abuse, and you're getting beat up and things like that, you have to have the conversation. Now, I wouldn't, again, you have to tailor it for whatever age or also, every you can't put a number on it. You know, some six-year-olds, seven-year-olds are more are further ahead emotionally, and and they're more intelligent than other six-year-olds. So obviously, you could have a different kind of conversation with that kid than you can another kid. But you have to know the people that you're talking to, the children that you're talking to, and you have to start the ball rolling. I would a thousand percent. We are um, pro therapy over here, and I know that it may seem a little bit um, maybe premature to send a five or six or seven or four-year-old to therapy, but I think that early intervention is the best. By the time they get to me and I work in a facility where we deal with you know, all aspects of juvenile stuff, whether it's mental health, drug and alcohol, um, delinquency, all that kind of stuff. So I see it by the time it gets to me, you know, we're playing catch up basically. Um, if some at that point, huh? Well, yeah, pretty much. If you're seventeen or eighteen and, and you haven't had any intervention by the time you're seventeen or eighteen, the road for you is going to be long hard. and hard. And um, you know, you're unfortunately their experience. If it's a negative one, they close the line of communication down. I mean, you have to be a hell of a therapist a hell of a conversationalist to try to break through that because um you know it's definitely tough so i would definitely recommend if that is the case to do at that point they're engraved in their head that this is that's what i mean it's not it's not life a rap form like it's not a hunt like they're not you don't you can't just like throw them away no but it's harder. It's oh be much harder. And then the the especially in your teenage years when you're starting to maybe have your own relationships or your own 
um, kind of little life. I know it's not an adult life, but you, you, you as a teenager, start to if you're on friends, find out who you are, kind of. And if you were not in a healthy situation as a child, it definitely manifests itself um, in your adolescent life and into adulthood. So communication, I think we on this podcast definitely rep that. I mean, I think communication is the biggest thing. I think that's what helped tone. I think that's what helps a lot of people. I think that's what keeps the group that tone created um, going and, and more people joining it. But um, for sure, talk about it. You know, somehow you, I'd reach out if you're not comfortable doing it. But they they have to know what what's happening. They can't normalize anything that's going going on and you can't normalize everything that's going on if you're in an abusive relationship that's not all right i mean i don't care how you slice it nobody should be getting abused especially in their own house so um so i think we can agree that for people to understand everything they need to be explained it yeah not even necessarily understand but to be able to support you and help yeah, you, or like and, especially for kids. kids. Kids yeah. need to understand some what's what's happening. Yeah, they gotta know. They gotta know. Um, or that's a lot of times. So you saying that is a lot of these people end up doing mimicking the same habits. That's what I mean. They, they exactly. And if you don't nip that shit in the bud when they're when they're young, and they go end up being abusive or or because hurt people hurt what people. You said. Yeah, I guess it's because now it's normalized to them. That's what they've seen. That's what they know. And nobody's yeah. ever told them otherwise. I've noticed that in, in, in your field of work, you know, in certain environments, in certain like, uh, yeah, like in inner, especially inner city-ish areas, um, what I've gathered over 15 years is it's literally a cycle of trauma and abuse and it just becomes normalized and and they kind of just accept this is the way it is and if these things happen they adjust they're extremely resilient and they're you know chameleons i mean they they could adjust to any situation but the way they adjust is usually negative it's negative as shit yeah that's not even i've you see it that side of it. I see in the rural areas a lot too yeah it's just obviously a smaller population yeah in those areas, but it's the same thing, you know, dealt with the families from parents down to grandkids eventually yeah. over the years. And I think it, it, when you look at it socioeconomically, um, we focus a lot of our attention into the low socioeconomic areas, the poor in quotation, because it's more, um, it's more, you could see it easy, easier. You can see the trauma easier. They, um, you know, they react different ways, whether it's through crime or whatever, stuff like that. But it happens across the board. Um, you could be a bajillionaire, and that same kind of trauma could be happening. It's just hidden. Better. They hide it better because they think they have a certain standard. They're they're yeah they're they could hide it better. But those kids are still in jeopardy of repeating that same kind of nonsense in their relationships moving forward if somebody doesn't intervene at an early time. That's a good thing we say sometimes. I post a lot about it, is that, you know, money's not the all 
No, it's just not fix thing. No, like, no, money no. doesn't fix anything. It starts inside of you, and it starts inside of what you teach others, and what other people see. I mean, you could have, like you said, all the money... CEO of a company, and you can still be going home and be abusive and kicking verbally, the shit out of your wife, yeah, verbally, mentally, physically, to your wife, to your kids, yep. to whatever. So, it's, but you like, just hide it in a gigantic house and in a country club, and in, yep. you know the the chances of them ending up in the street isn't. Yeah, it's less it's likely. slim, but it's still the same amount of trauma, the same amount of of just mental health stress and it affects them the same way it does the low socioeconomic kids but unfortunately they get trapped in the system they get for whatever reason they don't have the same amount of resources and um you know it it manifests its way in, in in a different in a different light so for sure I think to a long winded answer to all that is for sure have some sort of communication with anybody that is in your immediate circle about the trauma that you're either have dealt with or or are dealing with. And, you know, that comes with anything. If you were a, you know, sexually assaulted, I think that information is wonderful. Not wonderful, but super important to tell your kids so that they can be aware that that is a real thing. Um, just like we talked about, and then when they're out and they see it, maybe they'll and be the they one intervene. And they see it, exactly. Intervene. it's not right, now they know. And they know that this kind of shit happens. They know that um, this isn't the way you treat your significant other. And they have a real-life example of what not to do. And that doesn't work all the time, seeing it and not. But I think that a lot of people that have early trauma and, and recognize that as... Um, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. They do everything in their power to be the complete opposite of what they saw as a child. Thus becoming whatever, you know. And they just use bad coping tools to it because they have nobody to talk to about it. They don't know anything. A lot of times nobody's there to reach out to them. And like I said, I think a big thing is also to realize that you're not doing it so, you know, like I think it says in there about protecting them. Somebody said not protecting them. It says about, yeah, do you protect them by not telling them? My therapist says I'm still protecting this person. I need to let my family know the whole truth. And again, I said when you're doing this and you're letting the family know, I don't think you're doing it to make the family. You're not out for revenge to go, well, I want my family not to like this person. It's not... It's not why you're doing that. It's just part of healing for you and having somebody to support you if they truly understand what you're going through. Because, again, like you said, people, when my incident happened, what did everybody say? Like, oh, man, he's just going through stuff. Yeah. But you all didn't know how much I was going through. No. So you're, for you to finally find out everything and I was able to tell you, that made it at least more... You could support me in a different way than you were before instead of just going, well, I'll just let them be, let them work through it a little bit. Well, now we realize that just letting it be is not, that doesn't work. No, plus we would have never understood the severity of everything if we didn't, you yeah. didn't open up the That's it. for your support. So I don't think it's anything to do revenge to get back at this person or have other people not like this person. It's more for you to start to open up and heal all around and have the supporting factors you need. But I definitely think that it's a tricky situation if it's a grandfather, if it's a grandmother, if it's a, you know, these kids grow up and this is grandma. 
But oh, it's a hard time. It's a lot to go through. And again, it's like everything else. It's not easy to work through, but... No, but I could imagine it being tough to have a conversation. You have small kids. What if you have to tell them one day that grandma did something to you or, or was abusive or this is why you do this because grandma did this and then you're she's afraid of painting that person in a negative light, I think, is what she was trying to articulate. Um, but... You have to. I mean, if she's the source of your trauma, you, you have to. Yeah. You still have to work through it because it's still something you don't want to block out or not acknowledge. You want it to You want to heal from it. Well, you shouldn't feel guilty about it, do you think? Like, would you feel guilty if no. telling... No, I don't think so. I think it's... It, it's part of healing. You have to heal through this. You can't... Be truthful to five people and then lie to five people about what's going on. Because how are you going to continue to heal? Because now you're around these other five people and you have to hide everything, keep it locked inside. So you're with them half the time and another half you're healing. So now you're only healing half the time and the other half you're faking it. Well, yeah. that's not going to work as we've talked about many times in the past. If you're going to heal, you need to heal. And healing takes 100% of effort. Yeah. I mean, I feel you. I'm just... I just think that... Stuff gets it, it gets tricky when it comes to family and um, yeah, like absolutely. I do a lot of family therapy sessions at work and it just it gets it gets tricky because a lot of the a lot of people's trauma, in my experience, now granted yours was over the, yours is over yeah, mine's, the top mine's like, different you got fucking shot which is a different yeah it's different thing. but. Again, what do we always say? Like trauma, trauma. trauma. Yeah, but and the I circumstances think, surrounding it might be different. Yeah, and harder, and and I see it a lot. That so, I see it up front. And you see it on the back end. Yeah, um, that up front part is half the family may despise you and say this isn't true. There's no possible way this could be true, and the other half believes you so now you have half the family or friends whatever yeah supporting you another half just totally against you and that's when you have to realize yourself and your healing is more important than other people and you have to look through that and try to get through that and use the other half that is supporting you i see it all the time you get that that sexual assaults or physical assaults or whatever and then you're like half the family believes them and half the family doesn't so that's yeah. always going to be the case when it comes to family, I think. I mean, you, I, I've seen it wide open in the media and different cases, and you know, some people never will believe it. And that's when you have to find peace within yourself to understand that it's not your job to convince others of what happened. It's your yeah. job to heal from within. Uh, I think that, um, you know, outside of an, an event like you had with the shooting or something like that, I think that, if you have like an event, like a like a sexual assault or a um, you know, or, or a shooting, like one climactic, a, a bad wreck or a bad like Brandy responding to a horrible car crash or something like that, I I think that that is, a trauma is definitely trauma, but I think that growing, most people that ha- deal with trauma aren't dealing with getting shot. They're dealing with the baggage and the chaos from their childhood into adulthood. Yeah. And I think that, because you say it all the time, trauma is trauma. 
and the circumstances are different. The circumstances are different, yeah, but I think that people may not even realize that they're dealing with trauma or they're dealing with PTSD or they're dealing with anxiety from stuff they saw when they were little, stuff that happened to them when they were little. Um, I think during your maturation into an adult, uh, those like milestone-y kind of things that happen to you during that time, um, if there's any kind of negativity during that, you bring that into your adulthood. You might not even realize that you're doing it. And you do see that a lot with um, younger kids or adolescents or whatever you want to call them, preteens or teenagers. That they, they learn, people learn how to adapt. So, let me say this. My incident was like, what do I always say, or my therapist say, you're like a pitcher of water. Mm-hmm. You pour a cup in here, you pour a cup in there, you pour another cup in. Eventually, that's going to overflow. And that's when mine was like a whole bucket of water being dumped in it and overflowed yeah. all at once. That's a better way. Which took me into the darkness immediately where I couldn't learn to cope and act a certain way to adjust over time. Because we're going to adjust. If you something happens to you at 10, 9, 12, 7, whatever the age is, you're just going to keep pouring this in, this bucket of water. But you learn to adapt to it. So maybe you're as you're getting older, you start to do more you know, sexual things. You start to, you know... Hate women. Hate, like, I yeah. know dudes that hate women. Yeah, or women that hate men. Or women that or hate Or you men. start to learn to adapt a certain way, and then you find ways to cope with it. Now, but you drink a little bit more at a younger age, at 16 or 17 or 18, or you start drinking more, or you become that person like Brandon said, you know, you're the party girl, and you that's the lifestyle you start to learn, and you start reaching outside, looking for outside sources to make you feel good about yourself if it's shopping and buying stuff that you don't need or drinking more and being out and being a life of party because now you need the attention and you want everybody to think you're you're all right and everything's happy and you're making people laugh or you turn to relationships and you hope that relationship completes you as a person well you start to learn to adapt to that stuff as you get older and you don't realize why am i depressed right now for no reason you think you go why am i depressed right now and they they see that but they don't know why Mm -hmm. and because they've grown into adapting into certain ways so maybe a relationship ends and it's you know to them it's the end of the world like why am i so depressed over this and maybe that relationship only lasted a month um so now they jump into another relationship and then they feel good about that or whatever it might be they start to learn this way and then they hit in their 30s and 40s and and they start looking back. If you look back, you're like, well, this relationship wasn't good. This was a time I partied too much. And you start to look at that because you've adapted throughout your life to what makes you feel good. And it's usually external sources instead of internal. Um, most of my life prior to this, I was, I didn't ever reach on to anything. Like, I don't remember adapting and having relationships to make me feel good. And when I wasn't in one, I felt bad mm-hmm. or I didn't feel like I had to drink to feel good because I didn't have to be the life of party I was always sociable and so were you and but people do grasp onto these things throughout life and then there's just periods of times that they just don't feel good and they feel down and they feel bad about things or they can't figure it out well they've never stopped to go to therapy they've never stopped to look at what the true trauma is meanwhile that trauma started 20 years ago yeah and they've been adapting their life around that trauma where mine was like straight shooting straight into this darkness because it was just the 
piled on all at once. One major incident. Same outcome in the long run. Same shit. That's what I'm saying. But it just it just shows up differently. Different I feel like your thing you said with the bucket is the best way yeah. to articulate it because you got a fucking you got a bucket. I feel like the people that have this stuff happen to them young, they're getting like teaspoon of water. Yep. Your dad calls you something. Yes. Uh, you get a stop acting like a girl. That's a teaspoon of water. Um, your parents argue all the time. That's a teaspoon of water. You're whatever, you know, you, you, you get fat. You have to go to gym class and take your first shower and somebody makes fun of you. That's a teaspoon of water. I just, yeah. And you see all this different. stuff and they, and they do adapt over time, but eventually that, that pitcher of water overflows and then you, you know, you might be 30, 40 and you realize like, oh my, like. I'm so depressed or I have struggles with this or that. And then if you look back, it's because it's been all these little things. And I mean, that little sometimes. I mean, like you said, trauma is trauma. trauma but they're traumatic experiences I just think that happen over degrees, a long yeah. period of time. Yeah. Um, and we do see that all the time with people. I, if you look at people you know or you've talked to and you see, especially in your job, You'll see, like, a lot of that might have not been something, you know, like a sexual shot. It could have been seeing their parents fight or things like that for a long period of time. And that stuff adds up over time. And most of the time, they do adapt to that. A lot of times, they carry on some of those traits into, a next, into their first relationship or multiple relationships. I mean, if you're a female and you watch your mom get verbally and physically abused your whole life growing up, you're probably going to get in a relationship and... You, you, you normalize yeah, it. You normalize it. Like your mom not getting it. treated like a equal in a relationship. <clears throat> and you don't know that's what's yeah. the right way. That's the only relationship you know. Yeah. Um, or if you're a guy and you see it, then you end up treating women that way when you get older because it was normalized and you get desensitized to it, like we've said, and you start getting in those kind of relationships and you do that and it carries on and on. Uh, I even see it like on a level where because of this, because of our conversations, because of me being now aware of mental health, like when I'm at a part, a playground or something with my kids and, and there's the dad over there fucking screaming at his four-year-old because he's not holding the bat right. Or, like, over the top, making them do push-ups and they drop balls when they're five and, like, all that kind of stuff. I feel like that's aggressive. It is. I mean, that's all stuff they learn. I feel like that's going to do something to that kid. Well, as time goes, if it continues on and on, it's going to be continuously on. And you're seeing as that kid goes in the baseball. One, as they get older, they start to hate the sports. Yeah. They don't want to be part of it because it's not fun. Like, I, I can use examples during baseball. If we're practicing and he misses the ball, well, I just make him do it again. I don't yell. I don't scream. I don't make him run. I don't make him do anything. It's, hey, try again until you get it right. Yeah. I'm just going to keep trying. There's, I don't know why we have to yell and scream. And Well, I think they put like an unnecessary amount of pressure on little kids too. I'm also not an advocate for you not – like I feel like if – whatever a kid's doing, you should want that child to do it to the best of their ability. Like, if we are playing baseball or we are doing anything, you don't have to... I'm not going to sit here and scream at you and make you feel bad about yourself or stuff like that, but I'm going to expect you to try, though. And that's what I feel like anything. You got to... You got to give it your all. Yeah, but then once they're teenagers, then you say whatever. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, as they get older, then, you know, they understand, but they've learned the right way that it's acceptable. Yeah, it's by not the time. yelling and screaming and that all that nature, they've learned the right way that, okay, well, I do need to keep trying hard. But then you have to also be the example for them to see that. If they see you not trying in anything, then yeah. they're not going to either because now you're pushing. A lot of people push their failures onto their kids. Yeah, all they're trying to live through. And I also think that if there's a difference between your coach yelling at you and your dad yelling at you, I think that there's a – or mom well, because or there's whatever. a gap of, you know, this is a coach, this is somebody. He's objective. Like He's just pissed because you dropped a fly ball. But, like, yeah, you're, you're supposed di- to – your kids are looking up to you and you're supposed to love them and yeah. I'm sure that plays into that factor there. Now, listen, your kid – it gets to a certain level where it, it starts to get a little bit more serious also. You got to be a little bit more serious because yes. the competition's higher. I mean, if your kid's going to the, literally in like an Olympic trials or – no, that's a small, small percentage of people. What we're but, saying is at a certain – at a young age, you to, your kids need to learn the things the right age. Yeah, you got to do it the right way. And they have to understand what's right, what's wrong, and you don't want to do – what do they say? They call that generational – Mental health, it keeps happening for yeah. generation after generation. Or There's a term for it. I can't think of it right now. Generational. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's basically what it is. Just every generation. Living through your kid, though, is, to me, is, is weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with doing that either. I don't know why you would do that. It's your kid. He's not. Your kid's not going to be exactly like you. It, why would you want him to be exactly like you? Certainly, you should always want your kids to be better, I think. I want him to be a better human than I am. Yeah, and was and you know I want them to be able to have conversations like we're having right now. I want them to be oh no, our parents no 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 wouldn't and didn't no no, and I I don't think people realize though back then I just don't think they understood, but now you know I don't want to nerf everything for them and make it everything soft and butterflies and the world is just hugs, but at the same time. I think that you have to find a balance and um, be able to communicate with them what goes on because you're going to have to have these conversations. Even if your kids didn't see drama, trauma or drama, either one, you still got to have that conversation with them eventually. Yeah, I agree. There's a, there's a fine line. That's why you're a parent, not a friend. Can't be. You have to find that fine, happy medium in there. You know, when your kids start to get older, they're going to parties, they're going to... You have to tell them what's out there unfortunately crazy shit happens you have to tell them don't put your drink down don't uh accept things from people don't because yeah. there's creeps yep so i don't know but answered. ultimately we answered your question i hope so and um i think that it's we think that it's important to have that to let whoever is in your immediate social circle no, you, you don't your support like put a fucking is. sign. You're gonna tell the middleman, no. and it's you, your support system. You want your support system, but yeah, your immediate family, anybody that you deal with on a daily basis or, you know, weekly basis, you would have to disclose what you're going through. I think, yeah, to help you. I mean, they're part of your support system. How can they support you if they don't understand it at all? Or let's not say understand because they might understand it, but if they don't know, that's what I mean. A better way if they don't know. And how do they support you? Yeah. They don't. And They um, can't. I, they can't. And they can't. I, I, you're not looking for sympathy either. You're looking for support. Just understanding of what I'm going through. Look, if I'm not 
I'm not blocking you out of my life. I just, this is why I needed not to talk tonight. This is why I needed to sit in my room and read by myself or write my journal or whatever it might be that you're using the hill. They need to understand, okay, this is why, you know, he or she was not talking as much last night and she just, he or she just needed to go write in their journal. Now they understand why you're doing it because they want you to heal. Your, your support system should be supporting you to do what you got to do to heal. Yeah. It takes a village. Isn't that what they say, dude? Yeah. It takes a fucking village. I always heard that quote once you talk about like the childhood going up through your life and then all of a sudden when you're, you know, 30, 40, you kind of, falls apart for you with that pitcher of water thing. Yeah. You know how they always say Rome didn't fall in a day. Yeah. Well, it's the same Rome thing. Rome was Rome built in a day. day bro. But the se- also the second half of that is that I heard was Rome didn't fall in a day either. No. So a lot of times this stuff happens over long periods of time and then, you know, just like Rome, it didn't didn't fall in one day. Mm-mm. Just like it didn't get built up in one day. So it's the same concept. Healing, you're not going to heal in one day. Just uh, there's tr- there's traumas don't happen in one day, Mm-mm. typically. But you have to communicate at every level is what I think we're gaining from all this. You have yeah, to. Communication I don't think you huge. have to have like a marching band like, hey, I have tr- PTSD. But you have to let people know that you are battling this. We know that there's negative connotation also, because there are going to be some people, some hating ass people. They're like, oh, he's crazy, he or she's crazy, or they're going to gossip, they're going to do those sorts of things. But as Tony says all the time, you can't worry about those external factors. Nope. You only, you you need to be selfish in your when it comes to your healing. That's, that's where it starts inside. Like, you can't worry about the outside factors. There's, if, they're not, if they're not supporting you, then how, what, are you, what do you need them there for? Mm-hmm. That's just like, any, you know... What's the haters gonna hate? Haters like, are gonna fucking hate. You hear stuff. I saw something the other day, and this is kind of off. It's not off topic. Same thing. Something about Kobe Bryant. Yeah. That you know, I somebody responded that there was a thing on there, and he did the uh, he did a dance, and they shot a foul shot or something, and then did the dance afterwards. And somebody underneath this post put, "I'll be honest, Kobe was overrated." He wasn't like, he wasn't that good. Like it's that's like, unnecessary. You know, Kirby Bryant's probably one of the whatever basketball top wise, five greatest players. Basketball ever. wise, yeah. I'm not talking anything else, but basketball wise, like no matter what you hear people say about all these athletes, that Tom Brady, how many people say he just he sucks? Well, the guy's got what ten Super Bowls now, and I can tell you something. that he doesn't give a flying. No, so and these are just team. these are extreme examples, but and it's Kobe just an example. Either. He did not care about what people had to say about. No, him. and that's just the the prime example. I mean, if you're a CEO of a company, somebody's always going to have to say he didn't work hard enough for that. He didn't do it. Come on, these people. You know, you're always going to have people against you when when you start to do good and start to heal and start to make a better life for yourself somebody's always going to be standing in the background hoping you fail or finding a way to make an excuse of why you're healing because they can't do it so why not let's put this person out because yeah, they can't do it down. We'll say, yeah, they don't want to put the work in they don't want to do the extra healing they don't want to put the extra effort in or but you hear a lot of well it wasn't that bad wasn't that bad wasn't that big of a deal I don't know why they're making out to be such a big deal yeah like minimizing somebody else's trauma because they don't want 
not everybody, but certain people. They don't want you to heal. They don't want you to heal. They don't want to see you succeed. And those are the people in your life you do need to cut out. Because they're not, they're, I don't care if it's a family member, if it's a friend you've known forever. That friend may have been pulling you down for the last 15 years. You've been friends. And for some reason, you think you're friends. But who knows what they're saying behind your back during that time. They yeah. could have been to your face, nice as pie, and they act nice to you. But you're not around. They're the one bashing you all the time. Like, yeah, they couldn't do this. or trying to because they're building themselves up. They have to build themselves up because they don't want to put the extra work in. So they'll just put you down. See it all the time. And that's when I think you got to double down and find your spark when you have yeah. shit like that going on. That, then it's even more important to find your spark. Yeah. When you got people counting you out, you got people hating on you and shit like that. You know, you gotta... Everybody has it. I'm sure there's people. Do it. I know there's people that do it to me. I know there's people who probably do it to you and you keep succeeding. Like, we all have it. It's just the way it is. There's somebody out there looking for an excuse to justify why they're not doing enough. Yeah. Because they don't want to do the work. Well, you're out there doing the work. For them, it's easier to just put you down and say, this is luck, or this, I can't believe this happened for them. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you make your own luck. And there's a lot of you doing work, I see, in the group. The group. There's oh, yeah. a lot of people putting in work. There's a lot of people working on themselves. There's a lot of healthy. I see a lot of people, and they're getting healthy. Did you do your push-ups, by the way? Oh, yeah. Have you done I did mine. Yep. Um, I think it's great to see, you know, all these people slowly coming together and doing this. And then uh, since we are on that topic, we may as well shout out to Amy for, look at that, with the post she posted this past week. That's unreal. That's amazing. Like, mm -hmm. she found her spark. She said, I want to be healthier. I want to be more fit in, in what, how many months? Five months? Something like that. I, I don't know the exact weight that was lost, but tremendous yeah, she's pushing the work. When I see her posts, I'm like, all right, I got to go to the gym. <laughs> like, yeah. when I'm, when I'm like, in between, she's I'm like, she's out there killing them. I need to, and, and it, there's nothing wrong with finding inspiration from other people. No, also. absolutely. It doesn't make you, it doesn't make you weak. Nope, you should use. That's what the great thing about that group is, is 99.9% of the time, everybody's building off each other, and that's. Why we always say a support group is good. Yeah, because it, I mean, it helps me. It made me. Amy, I, I don't know, she lost a ton of weight. And I bet you if she, you asked her, she's happier. She's healthier feeling. She's probably got more energy throughout the day. And just feels overall better about herself. Yep. Buy new clothes. That's the best feeling yeah. when you go buy new so clothes. So we definitely wanted to give a shout out to Amy for that. And yeah, they, good shit, you know, Amy. Karma the other day sent out a thing about... Doing push-ups to represent the 22 a day that take their own lives. And she was setting a challenge for us all. And let's not forget them. Let's not forget about that. And that's still a true mental health struggle out there. So, now, you know, I'm sure there's multiple people in the group doing 22 push-ups a day. Yeah, I do. Yep. When I do them, I think the whole time about those people and how... Uh they're not forgotten, and we're still out here trying to break that stigma. Yeah, like what I'm doing, health. it really makes you try to wake, make awareness for suicide and the demons yeah. that everybody faces. So this is great seeing this kind of stuff, and people interact with me on a daily basis. Like it's just everybody's holding themselves accountable, or one way or the other. Or when somebody's down, it seems like somebody else posts something to try to bring them, you know 
Every day we're getting multiple people posting stuff to try to start everybody's day off in a positive way. Yeah, I see it all the time. And when we see the negative, we kind of just put an end to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's great. Glad you too. And I think that you please continue to post. Like, don't be shy about posting accomplishments because we want to see see accomplishments. Like, don't worry about somebody. Even if the accomplishment is, is, is small. Yep, if forward. it's a small accomplishment, we want to see it. We want to know about it. Don't think that we're going to be like, oh, you, this, here this lady is again, or here this guy is again with this girl. Nope, That's we not how we look at it. It I, definitely is motivation. Whatever it is, you got that new job, let us know. Let you, us know you lost yeah. five pounds this week, let us know. If you, you, know, you ran two miles instead of a mile, let us know. Each week, everybody should be getting better in some way. Let us know if you're writing in a journal. Let us know, you know, if you had a night you slept without any nightmares or, or you know, you had a day without flashbacks. Yeah, it doesn't always you, have to be. You confronted a fear of yours. Let us know. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be about the negative. It doesn't always have to be about the bad stuff or the stuff you didn't accomplish. Yeah. The small goals. I forget what episode that was, but we talked about, <coughs> like, celebrating those little wins. Yep, the small wins. Small wins, dude. That's how you accomplish your big goals mm-hmm. along the way. The journey's, the journey is where everything happens. It's not the the beginning or the end. It's in, in between where everything happens. You know, example, baseball games that went one in the first inning or the ninth. They're one in between. Anything. They're one in the winter when you're taking batting practice. Bro. Yeah, I'm practicing. So, I know I took up a lot of time with that question, but I think that was important and I think that we uh you know, had to had to break that down, but I know from last week we get run out of time and you you really got fired up and wanted to talk about Dave's question about um you wanted to add a little bit more about um you know, how he is it okay to be okay? Is it okay to feel like you've made it to the other side of the worst part of your trauma? And I do you want to... I have had some response to that, and I've gotten... Um, I didn't get very many negative responses, actually, at all of that. I got a lot that they respond that were happy to hear somebody else say that. Yeah. Um, they were, because they, they felt that same way. A lot of the response were like, I've always felt that in different groups and different things they've people they talk to and stuff that they never felt like they could say hey like I do feel better I feel like I'm in a better place I feel like I have took my life back um so it was good to hear that and there's no right or wrong answer to that but I do think there is a time you can take your life back and take control of everything instead of letting mental health control you or Anything along those lines. So you so. do, we could just say it right now, you do believe that at a certain point in your healing process or that you can come out on the other side, quote unquote, healed. Yeah, I do believe that. And like I said, I've said it all along, Trump, your trauma is still there, but I think there's a point that you take your life back and you control your life instead of letting your past control you. I mean, it's still there and you've learned from it and you've healed from it and you found what healthy ways to cope with that. And again, you're still doing this stuff every day. You're still going to the gym. You could be still writing your journal. You could be doing all that stuff. 
But maybe your journal now for the last five months has been all positive. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't have to be a journal of negatives. It doesn't have to be, you know, you're going to the gym just to, because you're in a bad mood that day. You're going to the gym because now it's part of your routine to continue to stay the way you are. Yeah. Um, maybe you wake up early in the morning and you get the cold showers that we talk about. That's just something you do now. You don't do it because you feel like it's going to help you better. It's because you're going to keep doing this stuff because it has helped you get to where you are now. I did that a couple weeks ago, by the way. I'll never be doing that again. <laughs> I still try to do it every day. But like, I'm only at 15 seconds a day. There's, but there's zero chance I'm doing that again. It does it seem to help. Brutal. So. Um, what do you, so like, when somebody says the nightmares are gone, the <clears throat> flashbacks are gone, the triggers, the daily, or whatever, it doesn't have to be daily, but the triggers um, attached to that incident, they're, they're gone. What do you say to that person? I mean, is that... Yeah, it's possible. Is, is that okay? It's perfectly fine. That's the whole point of doing all this stuff, is it not? I mean, to me, the whole point of continuing to do everything I do and everything I did do to get here, that was the whole point to get to where we are. Yeah. That's the whole point of this. It's If you're not... If it's not okay, then I don't, I don't understand why you would do everything if you're not going to heal some or heal the whole ways. What's the... Why are you going to do all this stuff? So, like, um, what do you... what? Once you get there, like, do you think you're, like, waiting for it to resurface? Um, I think it, to a certain point, yeah. I think people do keep that in mind because it, it is such a dark place when you're in it. You just never... You hope not to go back to that. But in the process of that, you can think that all you want. Just continue to do everything you're doing. Um, you know, Dave may not realize he's still doing a lot of things he does. That does keep that stuff... Yeah. Keep him, keep growing, and well, keep Well, he him was healing. big. He messaged me. He's big on a routine. He's big on... I mean, he still does all the kind of things that you talked about. Yeah. But he just does them now because they're part of his routine. It does help his overall mood, he said. Yeah. But it's not necessarily he's not due doing to it the because, trauma anymore. But he's not doing it because he's like... I said I'd go for runs because it would take my anxiety away. If yeah, I go for a run now, it's because it's part of what I do to keep me... Exactly. That's what if said. I go write my journal, it's because it's what I do. If I go to the gym, it's because I go to the gym because that's what I do. If I read a book sometimes, then that's what I do. I don't yeah. do it because I'm feeling the anxiety. I don't do it because I had a, just had a flashback. I, don't, I still keep pen and paper by my bed just in case. You never know. So be... For a dream. But it's okay, dream. though. Like he Absolutely. just made it seem like it, like he felt like bad about. Yeah, I'm sure there's been many people who've told him like yeah, it's impossible. You you're, you're lying. You you can't be held and. Because he said he doesn't do therapy anymore. He yeah, doesn't. I mean, I I haven't been there. And it's been a while. I still think you should go maybe once a year just because of life That's in general. Team. I think everybody should. Do yes. It. Trauma or no trauma. Um, but I think it is fine. He should feel good about it. And he should. He's doing this stuff now to stay where he is. And that's what half of it is. Once you get there, you don't just stop. You have to keep doing everything. Just yeah. keep, keep working. And in a way, it just becomes part of your routine or however you want to word it. He's, planned. he's also a pit basketball fan. God bless him. <laughs> I don't know how he's that, but... I'm sure that doesn't help. No, hell no, dude. <laughs> Well, I just, yeah, we want to let... Just keep doing the things you've been yeah. doing. Now. Don't stop just because you, 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 for a couple of weeks you feel good. 
and you haven't been in a negative place for a few weeks, don't just stop. Continue to do it. I don't care if you go a year or two throwing in a good place. Continue to do everything you've been doing. Don't Just don't stop. Yes, that's it's just like a healthy lifestyle. It's, it's just a, part of, Yeah. you know, if you start eating well, continue to eat well. Don't, yeah, keep doing yeah. what you've been doing, and you're going to find that, you know, maybe your journal does have positives in it for the last 10 entries. I mean... I, I tried to journal the right way. I don't know what to. I don't. I had, it was like, I opened it, the paper, and I was like looking at. I had no idea what to write. And that's the thing with journaling. You write whatever. I don't know. I don't care if you write. Know where to start. Took the kids to the park today. They had uh, fun. So write daily Just whatever, stuff. whatever you want to write. You don't have to. You can write your daily routine. You can write how you felt that day. Did were you happy to see your kids smiling? Were you? Whatever, whatever it is, that's the thing about a journal. You're not really nobody else is seeing it. Write whatever you feel, whatever you did that day. Sometimes when you start writing and stuff, just starts coming out. It's like, how would you? What advice before we wrap this up? Would you say to get started for like? So me, who's just staring at my paper, just write. Do to get started. Just write. I mean, honestly, like whatever you did that morning. Hey, I woke up today at eight a.m. Yeah, I had coffee and then I got a shower and then I went and I went to work or whatever you did I mean write about the day start okay. writing like that well you know if you um I used to do it and I I still do it I, I don't have as much I don't write as much now when I'm doing this but like I told you before when I'm at the gym I would write my workout would be up top and the second half of the page would be just thoughts while I was working out you know maybe sometimes it would be most recent the thing I wrote like I was upset about my squat that day a year, a year ago, it would have been, you know, I don't feel great today at the, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it does change every time, and, and it change it could change daily. So. I'm trying to write once a week, but I just didn't know. Like I just ended up drawing, like doodling. And some people were better at that. I mean, journaling is not for everybody. Some people are not good with words. Some people can't express it that way. Um, so draw, draw something, draw. Whatever you feel like drawing, draw the park, draw your kids, draw a whatever your business you work at, or draw the gym, um, whatever you did that. Draw the picture of the book you did. Drawing works more works better for some people than uh, like me. I, drawing was not for me. I, I just it, it didn't work for me. Yeah, journaling did. Um, and some people like they go to therapy and they can't. They have to do something else while they're talking I've noticed that some people will draw while they're talking because they need to focus they can't focus completely on that because it brings too much out at once for them so they have to do something else when they're drawing or I've had people talk to me that will be doodling while they talk and they're, they're doing fine but if they stop doodling they can't continue to talk so find what works for you everything's different for everybody yeah I doodled I doodled hard I, I was driving, drawing all kind of crazy shit fish and sometimes doodling is enough. You know, you've seen creative people doodle all the time to come up with a concept or whatever they do, and then it just comes to them. So it just depends what works for you. Well, we got a, uh, excuse me, we have um, hopefully some interesting uh, podcasts coming up. We're still trying to get a, uh, a therapist, Jiu-Jitsu Jake and I. We're going to try to do an episode where we talk to a therapist. Um, we yeah, want to talk to the therapist to without, just without that, just to pick her brain. 
and we have some stuff coming up so it's super exciting um make sure give me your socials dude uh instagram is behind the badge zero zero two facebook's badge tony the facebook group is behind the badge the demons within twitter behind the badge five email is behind the badge zero zero two at yahoo.com and then you know shout out to the sponsors for you know we've been affiliated with lately um reps for vets again awesome awesome clothing line i mean they donate a percentage back of all their sales to different organizations so it's great it's veteran veteran owned also um redcon one again use t20 badge for uh 20 off all your purchases again that's the, that's the supplement line i use love it proteins pre-workouts amino acids anything you're looking for they have i took too much that day <laughs> um blue line roasting company again some of the best coffee i've ever had so if you're looking for that little pick me up in the morning blue line roasting is the, is the best way to go and then a newer company that we've been trying to go back and forth with on some emails here is Raz Energy. I had one the other night. It's delicious. No sugar either. Really? No zero sugar. It's got um, electrolytes in it. It's an energy drink, but it also adds some extra stuff in there, like the electrolytes, um, your amino acids, and the best part, no sugar. I'll check it out. So. Um, I forgot, by the way, first rate and review. Um especially on Apple. It's the purple icon. Just say whatever and uh, give us, rate us. Um, it helps us get noticed. I will say I forgot to do this two weeks ago, but we are over 5,000 downloads now, and which is super, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, I want to thank nice. everybody. That out his, there. people are listening yeah any i would like to thank everybody that continues to support this podcast you're helping a lot of people um you're helping tone you're helping us um spread the awareness help people find their spark and help people to break the stigma and talk about some tough things and we just want to thank you all super we are seeing a lot more sharing also yeah, on the different pages, which is great because that means people are putting out, they are listening to us, they are starting to do, you know, reach out to others, starting to work on themselves, starting to heal. And that's, at the end of the day, that's what the spark's about, finding that fire within you and healing or accomplishing goals you've set and just looking within to live the life you deserve. Yeah, the fact that there there's over 5,000 people that down listen to our podcast it's crazy. I mean, that's uh, like as many people they allow in a professional sporting event nowadays. Sure. So uh, thank you all. Uh, please continue to interact. Uh, message tone anytime you want. He's pretty good at getting back to all of you, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously it's not immediately, but sometimes it is. It just depends what's going on. But I always respond to everybody at some point. I'll also say this for tone. If you... Um, troll or send crazy stuff like uh <laughs> some things i've seen I, i'm the one that tells tone to block you so he's not blocking you but if you send some aggressive things you're getting blocked so enjoy your evening uh we'll be back sunday and please take care of each other and find your spark later <laughs>